You're listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Okay. Now, who would that be? You're, you're holding up a picture of, oh, is that? No, wait. Shouldn't Joe it's, Manchin be in there somewhere? Who is it? It's, it's three people, Bob, and you have to guess who they are and where they are. Is one of them Kirsten Cinema? Yes. And the she other would, one is, uh, oh, is did he, who, some former Republican bigwig? No, who? Correct. Look, I don't keep track of politics. Is that Paul, what's his name? What? It's Paul Ryan. Yeah. And, uh, and the guy on the oh, left. Is that, is that uh, Santos? No. Close. Oh, I wish it was. George Santos close. would really round that trio out nicely. Uh, who who uh, is it? He'd be, he'd be better if he was in drag. He was a really good drag queen. Did you see the picture of him? You know, I'm late to this story. I heard some reference to him being a drag queen, and I thought, why would you believe him if he claimed it? But he's not claiming Kitara, it. Somebody else. They have, they have photographs. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Um, he's a hot drag queen. He's much better as a drag queen than he is as a person. Anyway, that is that is Scaramucci, Bob. Oh, uh, the eleven day wonder of the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. So they were meeting at Davos, Bob. I'm sure you've been to Davos. I've been to Davos twice. How many times have you been, Mickey? Uh, I oh, think I'm I've sorry. Been... I didn't mean to like uh, humiliate you. On I think I I'm was da I think I was at Davos once with my family. In the sixties, did that that visit didn't happen to coincide with the time when all the alpha males were there? Uh, no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't foment plans for globalization. Uh, but so you were you really you were invited to talk about non-zero? That's impressive. No, it wasn't non-zero. Something else. It was just a talk. And then once I went, I forget the second time I was partly in capacity as a journalist. All I know is I didn't pay either time, and I flew business class. And I did, I, and I felt out of place. That's that's all I know. Uh, you're not like Nellie Bowles, who claims that she was invited on a mogul's private plane, and she refused. No, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, because she knew it would be compromising. But you, none of those. I welcome compromise. I invited. If there are any moguls out there, bring it on. Well, anyway, this is Davos. Wait, wait, oh, that's Davos. That's what we're that's talking Davos. about. Okay. This is Davos week, and and. And my line on Davos is it's become so grotesque, and you know everybody's reporting on uh, the parties and the the you know Sting's performance for Microsoft and the Scarabucci's wine testing and all the mm -hmm. journalists that are there. It's the new White House Correspondents' Dinner. It's just like you know there wasn't a White House Correspondents' Dinner for a while, and there was nothing. There's nothing so grotesque and and you know horrible that you could make fun of and yet relish and love it. Uh, and uh, and this is the new White House Correspondent The U.S. delegation dwarfs any other delegation. They're like 574 people from the U.S. and 175 from China. Uh, it's it's um anyway. So it's it's a it, I'm sure there's serious business done there, but I think they've made oh, themselves. I think there the, is. The, I think there's the a lot of stock of the world. I think there's a lot of backroom deals done there. Uh, like and what? then. Oh, I just mean there's a lot of corporate titans there, and I'm sure they're talking business, and I'm sure they're talking to EU regulators and various political people, and I'm sure stuff is happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and then it, look, it, the 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 speech, the stuff is interesting. I went to hear uh, Yasser Arafat when I was there, and he uh, he spoke partly in Arabic uh, and partly in English. 
And apparently the, <laughs> he, he said very different things in the two languages <laughs> I later um, learned. You're, um, he's not full. Um, so, well, well, the, the, um, the, uh, this conventional wisdom takeaways from Davos seem to be China sent an emissary to say, we're, we're open for business again. We're, we're through with all this COVID and communist madness. Uh, you can trust us again. <laughs> um, and, uh, so there's that. And also globalization isn't dead. It's just changed there. There's, uh, you know, globalization of services instead of goods. Well, let, let, let's note that that would be an improvement if your concern is, is manual workers in the United States. The fact that the trade is now in services and less in goods, that itself is progress. Also, they're shifting away from China to other countries like the Philippines and Vietnam. Uh, so China is still sort of a bit of a loser here. Uh, but so that's the, the conventional wisdom. And a uh, couple of other interesting things. Uh, Jill Abramson pointed out that the New York Times writes glowing coverage of these big uh, corporate titans in their Davos coverage and then invites them to be on panels that it charges people for. Uh, so uh, it's, it's conflict it's, of interest. It's it's, it's it's corrupt. She called it a corrupt circle jerk. She That's going pull, too far. I think it's just corrupt. She doesn't pull her punches. That Jill Averson. Um, and uh, uh, Walter Russell Mead. Yeah, he wrote something uh, I agreed with. What did he write? I forget. I agree with it too. You sent it to me. It was about. It was about Ukraine, and and his point was that, you know, when this ends with some kind of agreement, it has to be, you know, a, a long term, long a permanent like deal, like everything is settled as a matter of law, borders that both sides now officially recognize, and so on. It has to be. We have to create a secure uh, structure in a stable security structure in Europe. Uh. And, okay. and and that actually leads me to something I was going to talk about, but I can I can save it to later. You seem to be on a. Well, I just want to finish off with Davos. Um, uh, he he wrote another column, not that column, where he pointed out that the origins of Davos were was the German social compact, where they felt that capitalism had to have a more, not a more human face, but it had to uh, provide a, a social safety network as a. Uh, uh, for its citizens, and so it, there, there was a sort of explicit, almost explicitly corporatist alliance of big business and government to provide this social safety net. Uh, so its its very origins are elitist and corporatist. Uh, it at its core, it is a violation of social equality. You know, some people can go, some people, some people can be in the room with the big business guys and government when they're setting policy. Other people can't, even other businesses. Uh, it's not an open system. It's not American capitalism. Well, when I was there, they at least had token globalization skeptics. I remember Lori Wallach was there one of the years I was there, and she was one of the leading, uh, you know, th this was one of these times I went was when they were they had the big, it was around the time they had the big demonstrations in Seattle against the WTO or something. Did they, did they have Naomi Klein there? I bet she's been. Um, yeah. but, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll bet she's the kind of person they, they, they might invite. Uh, yeah. they usually have some of these 
I mean, this year, did they have Greta, what's her name? The uh, Lundberg? Was she there? I don't think so. No? I think she was being ar- busy being arrested. Oh, I thought that was um, related, but I, I guess not. Oh, well, maybe. Uh, I mean, uh, was, it, was she arrested at a protest at Davos? I, I, I don't know. I take it all back. I, I don't keep up with her. The hysteria with which uh, Nellie Bowles in her column, uh, the hysteria with which they insist that the climate crisis is, is you know, we don't have any time to lose. It's urgent. It, 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 you know, you can't take a measured view that, you know, there'll be some rise and we should do what we can and blah, blah, blah. It has to be hysteria, which seems weird. Um, uh, the um, that's, that's long, you know, kind of been uh, the, 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 the one progressive cause that a big part of the capitalist class seemed willing to rally around in Silicon Valley. That goes way back. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, it is a problem. I think it is a problem. I will go that far. I'm going to go out on a limb and say climate change is a problem. But it's sort of like if they could solve it without completely, uh, you know, redesigning the structure of capitalism, they would be very disappointed. Well, okay, but look how, I mean, it's not as if they've really shaken the foundations of capitalism over it. Come on. I mean, they talk a big game, but, you know, not that much is actually being done. Right. Right. Um, The, uh, uh, and of course, uh, to my to my to my eyes, the most important angle, Bob, was the semaphore angle. Of course, of because course, of your longstanding vendetta against right. Ben Smith for writing exactly. an, an unflattering profile about you exactly. and BuzzFeed, which I encourage everyone to Google. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, um, uh, semaphore. Uh, semaphore was there in force. They led their coverage. This, this is Steve Clemens, who I like, but his column led the, led Steve. with a ve- very lame. Uh, George Santos joke from David Rubenstein, who is one of the richest men in America, head of the Carlyle Group, and I think chairman of the Semaphore Board of Directors. It notes he is an investor in Semaphore. So if you're an investor in Semaphore, you get your bad jokes uh, leading leading the coverage. And I think for that for that alone, he should write a ten million dollar check and fill the hole that will be left if they ever repay Sam Bankman Fried's investment. What you um, think they should do, as I recall, your position is that it should come out of Ben Smith's bank account. That should be the first thing drained, and then they should move on to the actual assets of Semaphore <laughs> itself. Is that I right? I think they should, they should seize his small apartment first. Ooh, only insiders that's, know that's, what that reference um, means, but we're getting anyway, pretty close this, to the core of Mickey's this, grievance this, against Ben Smith. He once said I had a small apartment. Um, but, and, you, to, and the funny thing is that's the pseudo-grievance. We know what the real grievance is, but I digress. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. It's parrot room. This is for the parrot room. I'm interested in what you think the real grievance is. Anyway, uh, without the 10 million, they they have like, uh, you know, 14 million left of their initial raise. And that's like one year. So they'll burn through that in one year. Uh So uh, they have a staff of 60, Bob, to do. Does their product look like it's put out by a staff of sixty? They get a lot of attention. You hear their their people are on the media. They're writing stories that get your. T- I think they're doing a wonderful job, and I wish Ben Smith well. Do you agree? They're they're doing better this past few days, but uh, it's tough times uh, for me. I don't. Though. I don't think they're. I don't think they're a wild success. Compare what they what they get for their money with what Barry Weiss. How much attention she gets for her money because she's got a lot of money too. 
Mm-hmm. She may she may even have more money. But anyway, uh, I think she's a bigger success. Uh, uh, so th- that's my uh, that's my semaphore s- snipe, uh, and that's all I have to say about Davos. By the way, did you? I the saw a headline. Social... Yeah. No oh, good. I saw a headline that FTX found five billion dollars. They found it just five billion. I, I didn't read. I don't the think pitch. it's found. It just they've been. They've been. There are some assets that they've been that are liquid enough that they oh, can okay. reclaim them. It's. I don't think it was that scandalous. It was because that would be a good day, yeah. right? You 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 discover five billion you'd forgotten about. I don't think I don't think it was anything they'd forgotten about. I just think they that what they have how how many billions do they have to repay? That was a that was a, a small fraction a fraction yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Bob, yeah. You notice I'm dressed up today uh, in a suit. I- as befits a man of your socioeconomic, was I mean, exactly right, and and it's because I have a higher status today than I did last week, and then I uh, ever have. So why is that, Mickey? Well, Bob, why don't you look at my Twitter profile and you can find out. It's going to take a little second. Do you want to entertain the masses while I do that? Uh, um, you know, I haven't been to Twitter that much. Has Elon quieted down, or is it just because I quit following him? I think it's a little bit of both. Like I gotta find your actual profile. This is gonna take time. This is gonna take a man of my age, possibly okay. it's, it's an entire be, day. It's gonna be a searing experience. Okay, for you, Bob. Uh, Mickey Kaus. And then, okay, you've got the quote from your book. Joined April. Wait, what are we talking about here? What's the deal? What about it? Look more closely. It's the same picture of you as always. I think. Look at my name. Mickey Kaus, that's your name, right? And then your yeah. handle is Kaus Mickey. Right. And that's your handle. Mickey, you, people are getting patient. They're leaving. There's nothing else there, Bob? Oh, a blue check. Did you buy one? Well, Bob, I, I, you know, maybe they belatedly recognized that I was a notable person. And maybe you bought one. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm You're sorry. You're not commenting. It's I'm possible sorry. to find out. That's the sad my, thing. My readership is sorry. Oh, wait, Mickey, I got bad news. You click on the blue check and it says this account is verified because it's subscribed to Twitter Blue. In other words, status alone would not have done the job. Uh-huh. You can take that suit off, Mickey. Okay, I paid for it, Bob. I paid for it. Don't hold it against me. Oh, my God. That's sad. I feel bad out. now. I feel bad now. I feel guilty. I, I feel, feel so dirty. As you should. So has it has it really made a big difference in like your traffic? Too early to tell. At first, it seems to be making no difference at all. Now it's beginning to pick up a little bit of steam. But Elon promised I would soar to the top of the charts. Soar. I think he said you'd soar to the top of like replies or something, right? So you should be you should reply more. Oh, I don't even know what replies are. Is that all I'm going to soar to the top of? Reply to somebody's tweet. You will now be oh, I above see. when people oh, okay. go to that and look at it. Oh, they'll, okay. they'll be more likely to see oh, your reply. So seriously, so replies are more of a tool okay. for you now than they we've, were. We've already, used, we've already used up our allotted quota of Twitter time. Much of it with me, tr- me trying to discover the blue check, yes. Um, so, okay, well, uh, but are you, uh, you you weren't as horrified. It was supposed to be a big reveal. You were supposed to be horrified. No, and I've thought chasing. about buying one. I'm not proud. If I thought okay. it would do a lot of good, I'd, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Some of us think, some of us act, Bob. I know. I do. I am always too slow. I'm always a day late. In fact, that's a long story. I'll tell you in the parrot room. Um, So what else is going on? We're going to invade Crimea. That's not going to inflame the war and make uh, 
increase the chances of a Not nuclear we. conflict. Our proxy is going to invade Crimea. Also, if you read the fine print, that's not what the New York Times story says. Is that what you're talking about? I, whatever I, I've seen a bunch of stories that are are we egging Zelensky on to take back Crimea, which seems like his weakest case, and uh, he shouldn't do it. Egging is too strong a word. Uh, the New York Times headline is U.S. warms to helping Ukraine target Crimea. We had been saying leave Crimea alone. We certainly weren't giving them the long-range missiles that would make it easier. Um, but if you read the fine print, if you go like 8, 10, 12 paragraphs in, what they say is the moderation in position, they're calling it a moderation in position when we say, yes, attack Crimea. That's kind of interesting language. Anyway, the moderation in position has come about as the Biden administration has come to believe that if the Ukrainian military can show Russia that its control of Crimea can be threatened, that would strengthen Kiev's position in any future negotiations. So the idea isn't that they actually take Crimea. It's that they demonstrate an ability to. All I would say is make sure you get clear with Ukraine on the distinction between actually <laughs> invading Crimea and threatening to for purposes of negotiations that presumably we would then encourage Ukraine to engage in. Yeah. Um uh, well, that's good. So it's it's negotiation centered. So that's good. Um, what uh, the um, the other talk this uh, this week was all about tanks, and will, will we get will we get Ukraine tanks? And at best, we're giving him a few dozen, and he wants hundreds of them. So I don't quite see how that solves this problem. Well, apparently Germany holds the key. Now this could change at any moment. I mean, uh, but I think today's. Uh, Discussions are over. There's a big meeting today, Friday, and uh, in Europe. And uh, there's a lot of hardware that was announced. It's going to Ukraine, a lot of armored vehicles and so on. But the tank question, see, so Germany makes these leopard tanks. And we want Germany to give Ukraine a bunch of leopard tanks and, tanks and for them to allow other European nations to give them. Because Germany holds the key. When they when they uh, the deal is that none of these nations can give uh, anybody German tanks without Germany's permission. For the time being, Germany is not giving the permission. If you look at public opinion polls, the German public is against it. <clears throat> Oddly, they're even more against uh, giving other countries permission to give the German tanks to Ukraine than they are to Germany giving them. Uh, respectively, it's a majority that opposes it and a plurality that opposes it. But uh, apparently more people oppose any kind of giving of the tanks to Ukraine than uh, than support it in Germany. And I guess that's a reason they're holding out. And Poland has, has said uh, a couple of days ago, look, if you don't give us permission, we're going to do it anyway, which would be kind of radical. I doubt any other uh, European countries would do that. What Germany has said is, We'll we'll give them leopard tanks if the U.S. will give them Abrams tanks first, which we're not willing to do uh, for reasons that aren't totally clear to me. I mean, I know what our stated reasons are. They're like, well, they're, they're hard to maintain. They eat up a lot of gas. And I think the Ukrainians are like, we'll worry about that. OK, <laughs> just give it. <laughs> That's not a deal breaker from our end. Um, so there must be another reason. Um, but right now, that's as a, as we tape, that's where we are. And also, as we tape, um, 
you know, I mean, again, there's a lot of stuff going there. We just uh, learned that uh, going to Ukraine, I mean, we, that we're, we're sending 300,000 artillery shells from our stocks in Israel to Ukraine. That's a few months worth. I mean, literally, that's about what it is. Uh, the um, and, and there's there's miscellaneous stuff, a fair amount of stuff. But but the tanks, uh, the only thing going is is like about a dozen British tanks as of now. The you know it's on the ground. It's looking. I can you know to to look at recent events. I can see why Ukraine is is in a mood for this stuff. I mean the you know the stated thing is look. We want, you know, Ukraine, this is so we can take back all the territory. At the moment, I would say uh, Ukraine is slightly on the defensive and is looking more to plug holes than to, uh, they may launch an offensive, but uh, first of all, last week I said it looked as if uh, Solidar had fallen to Ukraine. Now the Ukrainian government concedes that. Meanwhile, now Russia is claiming that uh, uh, Solidar is to the north of Bakhmut uh which is the next big goal for Russia uh Russia's now saying they've taken this village south of Bakhmut Klishkivka or something uh in any event the you know there does uh, slow encroachments around Bakhmut seem to be taking place momentum's on the Russian side there just before we started taping I saw that uh there are claims that Russia's has launched an offensive in a totally different part uh down in Zaporizhia uh uh in a town called or Kiev. Um, and I read a I read a terrifying assessment by a Russian who goes by the name of Big Surge on Substack and Twitter. And uh he's definitely smart. And uh he he makes it look as if Ukraine is is on the defensive big time. I I have no I you know I can't I can't vouch for the assessment. Um meanwhile, uh what else? Yeah, well, the, the the Wagner Group and the some parts of the Russian state are arguing over who gets credit for taking Solodar, right? It was something usual. ominous. But the Wagner Group sort of almost threatened to, like, insurrection, didn't they? I mean, they thought they were, they um, were pretty uh, intense in their... Well, he, the guy who runs Wagner, off. has been very critical of the military uh, leadership. Um Although I think uh, less of the of the guy who was currently who, who recently got control of the Russian uh, military campaign, that's a long story, uh, I believe. But 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 definitely he has not been shy. This guy Prigogine, and you know, one thing looking well into the future, like suppose things do head south for the Russians, uh, Putin's control on power uh, winds up being tenuous within Russia. You know, this guy Prigogine controls tens of thousands of troops himself, pretty much independent of the governor, government. He becomes an important player. You know, I mean, history is full of examples where somebody like that uh, swings them in favor of the incumbent yes. or makes a break with the incumbent and swings them in the other direction and becomes ruler of a country. He's, he has more troops than Lenin did when Lenin started out. There um, you go. Uh, so that's interesting. Lenin, so Lenin was be... more charismatic than this guy, I think. But um, also, Lenin had a beard like yours. This guy has no beard, right? But what that is, is his... that is a Lenin esque. What is his drag queen name? Is it as I... good as George Santos's? What was George Santos's? Itara. 
Itara. A-I-T-A-R-A. Um, anyway, um, Quick, uh, can I say one more thing in Ukraine unless you have a question? No, I was going to point to this Carl Bildt article where he said that Putin's days were numbered. But if what you say is true about the military, then his days aren't numbered. Yeah, if it's what you say, I hate it. Um, I don't, um, I, you know, who knows? That, that's just a black box to me because the situation on the ground is uncertain. You hear you hear all kinds of things. And, and, and certainly some of this depends on what we do, you know, hardware-wise. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I think the concern remains for me and, and other people, analysts I'm reading, that the, in the long run, there's just a lot more bodies in Russia. And they're starting to train up these um, people they started mobilizing in September. And I think that's starting to tell on the battlefield. I think without this mobilization, you would not have seen the recent successes. Um, Is it? Yeah. It seems to me that the, the, the debate is converging on let's strengthen Ukraine's hand for the negotiations that are to come and not let's drive Putin's force from uh, the entirety of Ukraine and crush him and destroy him and humiliate him. That's well, not, I in, the so, card. Because I That's just not in the cards anyway, but. We assume not. Um, I, uh, you know, I hope that's true. I, I hope I hope the Biden administration has a plan. And there's there's something relevant to that that I want to say. You know, uh, one thing's getting a little more play is this thing that I first brought up about a month ago or so. It's just, just that, you know, something that seemed off off limits for a long time. Ukrainian membership in NATO now seems to me more and more likely. Kissinger apparently mentioned it again in a kind of a televisit to Davos. Um, and but but here's the thing I want to be clear on: like they discussed uh, Kissinger's reference to it on this kind of kind of essence of blob uh, podcast that uh, David Rothkopf does. And and they were all like, um, the question was, well, yeah, things have changed. We should let Ukraine into NATO now, right? And and some of these people, you know, and like Rosa Brooks was like, no, I don't, I don't think that makes sense. So that the argument was kind of like, should we now let Ukraine into NATO? And I just want to be clear, and I think this is probably what Kissinger would say. There is a world in which NATO membership makes uh, sense for Ukraine from our point of view, but it is only a world where it's part of a final settlement, Okay. This is a huge thing to give Ukraine, uh, A. B, it's the kind of thing they're going to need if uh, Zelensky is, if it's going to be politically viable for Zelensky to give away appreciable amounts of territory to Russia. And uh, it's just crazy. Anybody who's just saying, well, maybe we should go ahead and bring them into NATO. That's just like, that's just like, I want to play poker or something with you, you know, against you. <laughs> like, like, that's just stupid. I mean, this is a huge, lever of influence with Ukraine. It could be an important part of bringing the war to an end. But, you know, as Russell, you know, again, as, as Walter Russell Mead said, what you need is a final, final, final deal. And that's the kind of thing NATO membership I think, could be part of. I think Mead also pointed out that there are probably ways to finesse the membership in NATO so they get what they need without formal, full, you know, membership in NATO, if that would if that really is something that sticks in Putin's craw and would humiliate him and make him unable to conclude the deal. Yeah, you, can you can break membership of NATO down into all the various things that are in the bundle of rights that come with 
membership in NATO and give them some and not give them the formal sure. title. And you can also give them full NATO membership, but have agreements on paper about what can and cannot be stationed in Ukraine in the way of foreign troops and missiles and yeah. so on. Okay. So you can, you can come at it from either way. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Um, uh, so the other big topics are the documents and the debt ceiling. So is the uh, debt ceiling, uh, that's not going to become an actual issue for a few months, but for some reason people are talking about it now. Is that right? Well, because it's the only thing the press has to report about. So they're making a big drama of it and they want to humiliate the Republicans, which they will probably do. So they're making it seem like it's a crisis now. We're about to default. Mm. We've we've reached the debt limit. But of course, that means we have until June to actually resolve it since they can take these, use these various budgetary gimmicks to postpone the day of default. Uh, it, it, it seems Republicans, uh, it seems to me they almost always lose the debt ceiling fight. I guess there was one with Obama where they sort of got uh, some tax cuts restored, not for the rich, but for other people. But I thought even Obama sort of won that because he managed to roll back the tax cuts for the rich. Uh, but they didn't seem irresponsible, willing to willing to default. Uh, and their 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 big demands are always fall flat. Uh, there's a demand for a national sales tax, very regressive. I don't think people are going to go for that. There's a demand to rein in entitlement spending. Well, that that's politically disastrous for the Republicans, as Donald Trump pointed out today. Uh, they you know the, you know we want to default unless you cut Social Security. That's why they lost. That's why they did badly in the midterms. The Democrats played the Social Security card. I mean, seriously, so, like cut, wait, cut benefits, cut. Oh no, over the retirement age, or you know, and yeah, but that's yeah, I agree with you uh, on this. Not good politics. I mean, eventually the retirement age will probably should be raised, and various things. You know, the the Medicare is going to go broke. Social Security less so, but it will go technically broke too. Even if it goes broke, it pays seventy-seven percent of its benefits, so it's not the end of the world. But uh, uh, it, it, you know, it could it could uh, technically go broke and only pay ninety-eight percent of its benefits or something. Uh, but Medicare will go broke in a big way, and something will have to be done. But the Democrats made this bid; they're the ones who've been demagoguing any any attempt to solve the problem as as cutting Social Security. So let them face up to it and admit that it needs fixing. Uh, and uh, and not just through raising taxes. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, but for now, I mean, I sense it's less than I did in 2016. Social Security is one of the few things holding the country together. This is no time to like pull out the rug from under people who are relying on it. So uh, anyway, they, and certainly the Republicans, if they're populist, should not be, as Trump rightly pointed out, the ones pulling out the rug. It's also a way for him to distinguish himself from DeSantis, who I think has foolishly signed off onto some of these conventional Paul Ryan-esque entitlement reform points. Not many of them, but I think there was one. So that's something Trump can use to club DeSantis with in the primary. Mm -hmm. It's weird that the way you win the Republican primary is by defending Social Security. That's Times have changed. Yeah. Uh, so um, anyway, that's... You know, the the, the 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 interesting theory is why didn't Democrats raise the debt ceiling when they had control of Congress? And they say it's because Joe Manchin refused to go along with that. Uh, but Con Carroll of the 
Washington Examiner points out that Manchin didn't say he wouldn't do it if pressed. He just didn't want to do it in a third reconciliation bill. Why can't, couldn't they have put it in one of the first two reconciliation bills? And Econ's argument is the, the Democrats like this standoff because the Republicans always lose. And they look like idiots and it drags their name through the mud. So, of course, they didn't want to fix it because that would deprive them of the joy of having the Republicans make fools of themselves. And and they seem more poised than ever, the Republicans, to lose the, the PR battle by virtue of, you know, the, the five radicals who held the speakership hostage. My question is, does that dynamic also make it more likely that finally the U.S. W- actually will default on its debt? In other words, we may have reached a point where the debt ceiling issue isn't solved at the last minute. I don't think so, judging from what I read today about how McCarthy is trying to weasel out of it. And uh, I, I so I, I would say no. Technically, you would think it would be right, but uh, that would be right. But I don't think so. I mean, in principle, McConnell you... doesn't want to do it. McCarthy doesn't want to do it. Yeah. I don't think the Freedom Caucus wants to be known as the people that destroyed the United States' credit. No, but if they... Suppose they did. I, I mean, I'll bet there's four or five of them who would be happy to to take the ship down. But but in that case, all you need is is a few Democrats to save the day. And I like to think the Democratic Party isn't so cynical no, you that don't. it would be that it would be happy for the U.S. to default on its debt so long as you could you could uh, blame it you on know, the, Republicans. the Democrats. Can't save the day. The Republicans could. The Democrats will all be voting to save the day already. And uh, they need, they, you know, they need some Republican votes if that's going to pass. Wait a second. Spell uh, that out. Um, Democrats, uh, oh. the Republicans have a majority of five in the Congress. So if all the Democrats vote to pass a clean debt ceiling lift, they still need five votes to have a majority if they can even get the bill to the floor. And so, so they, so the Democrats they, can't save the day any more than they're saving it already. So all they need is like five Republicans and McCarthy's support. I think that's right. Yeah. I guess I was imagining that the bill, I don't know the details, that the bill would have stuff in it that the Democrats didn't like, or at least the progressive Democrats didn't like, but I have no idea what kinds of things these bills contain. So never mind. I think that could happen too. Uh-huh. But uh, it's, um, I th- anyway, you think, it, you think it goes from the Senate to the House, but uh Usually, bunny bills start in the house. But anyway, mm-hmm. what do I know? So, what uh, about documents? Uh, I haven't followed that much. Well, the, the, there's an the, there's an interesting conspiracy angle there too, which is uh, basically the documents thing has calmed down. It's obviously bullshit. There's a bunch of documents there that are meaningless. Hunter Biden did not go on a crack binge and give them to the Chinese communists in, ex- in exchange for money. It's always possible. But seems very it unlikely. It would take more planning than he seems to have generally been capable no, of. No, he was actually sleeping like a few yards from the document, so he could, it actually wouldn't take any planning at all. He could wander into the next room, look yeah. at the document and say, hey, yeah. I can sell this for money. Uh, so, <laughs> but uh, I don't but think even, that happened. Even you don't think he did. Even I, I think all this document stuff is, as you know, is bullshit. That's uh, something. But, it's just... Uh, but, it, it's 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 just it, not it, 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 people like oh they're classified documents as if they're they're themselves nuclear weapons no they're yeah. not um, I mean the great thing about Biden is if anybody can credibly claim that he forgot something 
Right. That's Joe Biden. Yeah. But but there's an argument. We know a little more about how it started. It it seemed to me that the most logical explanation for how it started. It was a little weird that a lawyer would be moving these boxes, okay, from a the little used office in the in in a very expensive office building. Uh, you see, much more likely that an intern would be moving the doc, doc, the documents. The intern would see a classified marking, get alarmed, call in the superiors, and they would call the lawyer and get the lawyer down there. That doesn't seem to be what happened, according to the Washington Post. Apparently, a lawyer actually named Pat Moore actually was going through the documents boxes. Now, the, so the one question is, what was he looking for? Was he really only looking for classified documents, or was he also looking for hunter documents? Was he looking for anything that might cause the damage uh, before the election? Which was in four days. If 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 it wasn't for the election, why was they doing it before the election? In a, in a way that, I guess the guy had nothing better to do. In a way that might damage it if it came out. The second thing is there was a leak. Uh, it, it would have the the Biden administration sort of wanted to keep this quiet forever. Their idea was they would keep it quiet until the Justice Department could vindicate them. Uh, and there was a leak for the Justice Department that set off this whole story, which. It leads to the question, was the deep state behind the leak? Who was behind the leak? It, did the deep state want to prevent Biden from running for a uh, second term? Sign is me it, up for that cause. I, I'm... I disagree with that. I think now Biden is the strongest candidate. This, what? Uh, this, this feeling may pass. Stronger who than who? Stronger? Every, exactly who? The, the point is, if the deep state yeah. wants to take out Biden... Who are they promoting? Who do they think would be better than Biden? There isn't any obvious candidate other than Michelle Obama, and she's you know, not running. Mickey, just this morning, there was this video on Twitter of uh, Biden, uh, Steve Kerr, and, and Steph Curry, Steve Kerr, the coach, uh, visited the Oval Office, I guess. And the volume wasn't even up on, on I couldn't hear anything anybody was saying. But you just looked at it. It was like they were visiting a nursing home. I mean, I'm t he just looks a lot less dynamic well, and I would look just like visually I was a, than he did when he, you know, if even I was two years ago. Steph Curry, I would look like I was in a nursing home It too. wasn't that. You could have just isolated on him. I mean, look, it's no shame. I'm going to, I'm going to be in at least that bad a shape at his age. I almost already am, but you know, it, it's just, it's, it's dramatic and it will be not, such an indictment of the democratic party. If they don't come up not, with an alternative, I'm not saying that I'm saying, uh, you can't beat Biden with nobody. There's nobody, and there's nobody else who is who is that. The prospect of them running is that much better if you were Chris a Murphy. Democrat or if you're on the deep state. Chris Murphy, not not Mr. Charisma, you but he would it, do so much better in a debate or delivering any speech. But, but that's not answering the question. He has to win the primary and win the nomination. And is Chris Murphy going to win the primary and win the nomination? I don't think so. Unless Biden refuses to debate in the primaries, yes, anybody, anybody will beat him in a debate. Anybody, anybody. It's going to be oh. a feeling. It's going to be an eight-person field. Biden is yeah. one of the eight people. There's no reason to think Chris Murphy emerges on top of that. Well, well my, there is, my, there is my that can... inherent problem. But look, you know, you know, here's an interesting question: is is uh, is Ro Khanna unelectable? Just because he's like not a tall white guy or something, because he's no. a very impressive guy. You you should like him because he was the one Democrat who said to Twitter, "Cool it on the Hunter suppression." 
He's great, except except he's big on immigration amnesty, and that's a deal breaker for me. For you, I think but, he's but probably think also he's, a- he's probably also big on the refundable child tax credit. So he's the candidate of Silicon Valley in both those senses, and they're, they're well, bad senses. Well, you could you could you can imagine somebody having a little a little bit in the campaign chest if he's the 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 candidate of money Silicon Valley. Money is not going to win this primary. Money doesn't help in politics. You should definitely it, write that piece. That's been written a hundred times. It it helps less than it used to. Um. Anyway, do you, look at me. I outspent, I outspent Barbara Boxer. Did I win? No. <laughs> she didn't spend anything. She been I'm zero. sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh in a cruel way. Mickey, hey, you, there's a there's an open Senate seat coming up, Bob. Don't tempt me. Is it in my state? Oh, in California. Oh, in California. Uh-huh. Do it. I, I've been around the block. Somebody who has experience doing this. No? I'd be happy to say a few words about you. <laughs> That's as specific as I'm going to get right now. Um, he had a the, big apartment. It was he, huge. I was there. The Do you think, trying to be objective about this, would Rokana be a good candidate? Would, would do you think he could do well? I don't know. I don't know enough about him on on the stump. He's very, I, he's very I, smooth. I, uh, he's very smart, very articulate, very smooth verbally, um, and he's as good as you're going to get on foreign policy. That's for sure. The um, from my point of view, as you know, I still think AOC runs, but she has problems winning the general i just think four more years of biden if the house and senate are this is this is a larger point mm-hmm. four more years of biden if the house and senate are republican are is is not the worst we could do uh, the uh, um, biden it, it, it will be very hard for biden to win a general election unless republicans make the mistake of, of nominating trump and then it'll still be hard it's just that well, he could well. It's just Biden could well, well the, beat Trump. The, the deep, he can't the, beat pretty much you know any other the, likely the deep, candidate. The deep state has another trick up its sleeve, which is get first. First, part of this is that the deep state is now shifting in favor of Trump. Uh-huh. So if this is true, and if they align with the mainstream media, Wait. we'll see more anti anti DeSantis articles and anti Trump articles. I think we're already starting to see that. The second trick they have up their sleeve is. Getting Trump to run a third party candidate candidacy, which would elect practically any Democrat you can imagine. Okay, so the deep state is pro Trump for tactical purposes. They don't want him in. Uh, they want him that's, to be nominated. That was one of that's one of the theories that are out there. First, you have to posit there is a deep state at all, which I sort of don't think is true, but it's fun to think about. Mm-hmm. And there certainly are people who who fancy themselves as they think they are functioning as a deep state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the people that wrote the Hunter Biden laptop letter think they were setting the course of American policy, and they probably were. Um, so I, I'm 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 coming around on Biden that he's you know he's doddering, he's pathetic, oh god, he's mediocre. Uh, he's he hasn't him. completely fucked up Ukraine, uh, and uh, that should be know, the campaign slogan. That he should go with that. Biden hasn't completely no, fucked in, up in, Ukraine. Inflation is ebbing probably, I, I don't know, ebbing mm-hmm. faster than I thought it would ebb. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, he could be he could be in for some good economic news. I don't know. It, 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 I, I, I would vote for DeSantis over him, but I wouldn't vote for Trump over him if the House, House and Senate stay Republican. You know, if you, and also, if I were the kind of 
person to keep track of politics and you gave me an hour, I could come up with 10 Democrats uh, who would, A, beat Biden in the primary and B, be very solid favorites against. I, I doubt uh, it. I don't think he could. You don't think so? The first the first one is a killer. You have to beat him in the primary. Well, he's an look, incumbent, as Jim Clyburn says. You don't challenge incumbent Democrats when they run for re-election. That's what Teddy Kennedy did. He couldn't even beat Jimmy Carter. You can't beat Jimmy even Carter. Be, Jimmy Carter compared to Joe Biden is like, you know, Jack Kennedy compared to Joe Biden. Um, you hear this, hear this sound? You know what that is? That's the alarm we set at the beginning of each I, thing so that we'll know when we're running I, out of time. Okay, I have, I have one more one more point to make that's right on this topic, which is I'm speculating that the House and the Senate will become solidly Republican. Mm -hmm. I actually don't, I'm not sure about the Senate. You, everybody's saying, you know, look at the, look at the Democrats have a tough hand. It's the Republicans dream year. They have eight Democratic incumbents. And you look at the incumbents and they're people like Sherrod Brown and John Tester and, uh, you know, Kristen Sinema, I guess, or maybe, or Gallego who's running against her. And, uh, it's it's completely conceivable for them to win. It's probably more likely than not. They've won before in a hostile state. They can win again. The Republicans will probably make the same mistakes they made before. Mm -hmm. You look at these eight candidates, you think, fuck, the Republicans are going to lose again. It's just not the Republican dream ticket. The Republican dream ticket would be some candidates like Jones in, I guess, it's Alabama, who are such obvious losers, there's just no fucking way they're going to get reelected. Okay? There's nobody like that in the, in these eight seats that are going to flip. Uh, They're supposedly about to flip. So I just don't see it. I don't think the Dem I don't think the Republicans are in as good position as the press for the Senate as the press leads them to believe. And we know what the Republicans do when they're overconfident; they blow it. Everybody blows it when they're overconfident. That's what yeah, we mean they, by overconfident. They especially blew it with the House. Um, whose seat are you running for? But is Diane is Diane Feinstein going to vacate or what? Well, they don't know yet, but they're not they're not uh, they're not leaving it up to her. They're running against her anyway, so they're trying oh, to. Are force they? Is she already challenged? Yeah, she's already been challenged by that horrible woman, Katie Porter, who's the one who does uh, videos where she owns the corporate. You know, she gives tough cross examination, and she just owns the corporate executives, and she looks like a champion of the working class and you did that well you definitely should get in the race fraudulent. that was good completely you should definitely fraudulent. get in the race are you getting in as a democrat or republican well um the answer is i haven't looked at the rules they, they, they they've changed the rules now now we have a jungle primary so uh what's I, a jungle believe, what's a jungle primary i think everybody's in the same primary and the top two candidates go to the final and there's just a little designation on their ballot that you're Whoa. a Democrat or a Republican, but you don't run in the Democratic primary. So, so you could wind up with a Democrat running against the Democrat in the general? Usually we do in California. Is that right? Yeah. That's well, then, yeah. yeah. That's what well, happened. Anyway, last listen, time. best of luck in the race. Well, the the weird the the weird thing is if 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 it used to be if if you ran as a Democrat, you had to pay two thousand dollars, which I could do. If you rent us an independent, you have to pay like $300,000, which I couldn't do. Uh, running as an independent is very expensive. So if you want to run as an in, it's, I don't know if the, if the cheapo option is still available. Mm -hmm. You should check anyway, on that. 
Uh, or have one of your people, one of the people on your campaign staff check on it so that you'll spend your time more valuably. Uh, that was the problem. Time management <laughs> problem with my campaign. <laughs> yeah. Also, Funny how that works. So what are we going to talk about in the parrot room at patreon.com slash parrot room, Mickey? Uh, good question, Bob. We have, I'm going um, to say some more things about Ukraine. There are more developments. Um, David Crosby dies and all self-respecting boomers are reflecting on that. And we are nothing if not self-respecting boomers. Kenneth Roth, Harvard, under pressure for uh, withdrawing the offer of a fellowship, uh, which in turn was apparently under the pressure of a pro-Israel donor, um, has reinstated the offer and claims there was no donor pressure. We can talk a little about that. They're charging Alec Baldwin with manslaughter. We can talk about that. I was surprised. Um, the, yeah. There's more to talk about about AI. I have a vague, uh, a vague amorph amorphous, uninformed uh, point to make. Mm -hmm. um, but oh, the, AI is the, it's like constant talk about AI now. So like, it's like even more yeah. than, even more than Davos. Yeah, I'm always up for that. I, I, I've been thinking people, a lot. People about are talking it. about AI. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's depressing because there was a very good Maureen Dowd article in 2017 that actually brought up many of these issues more clearly than we did. What the fuck? I, I, um, I remain unconvinced. I want to see this article. Uh, the, um, uh, there's an issue that is going to destroy wokeism mm -hmm. that everybody sees is going to destroy wokeism and uh, so we'll reveal what that is. Good. Uh, I mean, not it, necessarily good, but it's good that we'll see. I mean, I'm uh, I'm playing both sides of the wokeism fence. You know. We can talk about uh, what college admissions, what happens with college admissions after uh, race preferences are outlawed. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a bigger topic than I am capable of talking about intelligently right now. But um, we can talk about what life will be like now that I have a blue check mark. Yeah, it's, I, 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 I sense uh, the difference. There's a kind of a, of, of an aura, I would say, that's, that's uh, I can feel even even though I'm not in the same room. I think I carry myself with more authority, even though Oh, wait, I'm that was just, I'm sorry, that was just a light shining off the top of your head. That's even, not an aura. Even though I'm a George Santos-like fake. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so here's one more thing I want to talk about. Okay. okay. Ukraine-related. Uh, I had this guy on my podcast, Ukrainian, uh, well, he's from Ukraine, a uh, political scientist who teaches in Canada named Ivan Kachanovsky. Uh, podcast will go public, uh, I guess, Tuesday. It's available now to, to uh, non-zero newsletter subscribers. But I want to, he, um, he's extensively studied the Maidan revolution. And uh, he's convinced that, uh, that it was a fault. It was a false flag. That the the story is just a hundred. The, the standard, the received story, is one hundred and eighty degrees off. It, that aside, he's a very interesting guy to talk to because he's from Western Ukraine, uh, but he he thinks a lot about the you know the, the he, he looks at things from the perspective of Eastern Ukrainians. He seems good at that. I guess you could say he's got what's the word, Mickey? Cognitive impairment. Uh, cognitive. I was distracted. Yeah. Spritzatura. Spritzatura. Mm -hmm. Um he uh 
So that's it for I me. I, I thought I had some Musk points that we could use up our valuable Musk. Oh, there's time. Musk news. I'll write it down. There is Musk news. I mean, I'm I'm trying to be less of a okay. Musk obsessive because we catch so much shit from that for that. But uh, if if goaded by you and you've just goaded me, okay. I'm willing to I'm willing to talk a little trash. Sure. Is Sundance required uh, people to take a loyalty oath if they want to watch indie films? Uh, there was oh God, I saw that reminds me. I saw Top Gun Maverick. We can talk about that. Well, I didn't see it, but I did see the end of White Lotus, so we can talk about that. Oh, read, oh man, this is—we almost have too um, much stuff. It's almost like it's almost like people who are deciding whether to to uh, sign up at Patreon.com/slash Paragroom are worried that they will get so much for their money that they will feel guilty. I think that's the marketing problem we face now, Mickey, is people worrying about the guilt they'll feel that for, for just getting such a bargain, right? All of this stuff for what is it? $5 a month. This is crazy. It's like, it's like Sam Bankman Fried giving you $10 million. You sure this is too good to be true. There must be some sort of catch. No, there's I, not a catch. I'm not well, sure. We'll that's the, take, I'm not sure we'll that's just, exactly we'll the, the analogy we'll we're trying to money. encourage, but we won't look under that rock. Okay. Uh, the um, there's a uh, a proposal from uh, JD Vance, a natalist proposal that I actually liked, and you can tell me what's wrong with it, Mickey. Uh, I thought I I really think we were building up some marketing momentum there for a second, and now you're going to tell <laughs> us about natalism. I'm sorry, it's, but uh, I won't mention the word again. But it's okay. That's um, plenty. Oh, look, Mickey, we are not going to get to all that. We've already promised. We've already overpromised. It's going to be hard to get to all that. So, okay, if you're going to name more stuff. It better be pretty sexy. It better like feature actual frontal nudity. Um, it will not. Uh, even in the paradigm. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um. Uh. So. Um. Okay. We're on. We're on. And we'll see people at patreon.com. And there will be slash parent. There'll be no frontal nudity. We heard a little bit of that. That was the parrot talking, folks. Still working on those vocal cords. Uh, and we will see you in the parrot room.